Hey there, welcome to Startup Steroid. Today, it's my great pleasure to interview JJ Richa of Pismo Ventures. He's a very good friend and he's a fantastic angel investor. So I can't wait to interview him and learn all the lessons from him uh, today. Um, but first of all, let me uh, give you a quick background. Um, JJ has been doing angel investing for many, many years. He's affiliated with Tech Coast Angels and several other angel groups. And just last year, he started Pismo Ventures. And we'll get into that story uh, in the interview. Um, but with Pismo Ventures, one of the great things he's doing this year is he's hosting a venture competition, um, which is a nationwide competition to uh, uh, essentially connect uh, startups, founders with angel investors, and he's doing a phenomenal job with that. Um, we have lots of details about that competition in the interview today. And also he is hosting networking events for angel investors um, and where investors can interact with each other and uh, essentially build their own networks. So all of that is coming up in the interview today. But let me first start out by saying that if you want to join our network, go to startupsteroid.com and sign up there. If you're an angel investor, uh, you can go to startupsteroid.com slash investor and just fill out the form there. If you are a founder that, that's looking to raise capital and you want to plug into our network, you can go to startupsteroid.com slash founder and uh, fill out the form there and we'll get you set up on our database and maybe we can even have you on this show. So this way we, you get a, a bigger exposure for your company. So without further ado, let's start the interview with JJ. So JJ, welcome to the show. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because you're doing so many interesting things with Pismo and uh, you know all of the, the competition you have, the fun you're working on. There are so many interesting things that we have to cover on the show today, but uh, let's start with a little bit of a background from you. So tell me like your story, how you got started, how you uh, came into the venture space and all of that. Well, thank you first for having me. Um... So I am I am an entrepreneur at heart. So uh, I even even as an investor, uh, I still think of myself as an entrepreneur. And and I think uh, even when I'm helping entrepreneurs, I think as an entrepreneur uh, more than an investor at times. So, uh, but I uh, I started several companies in my career. Um, I sold three, um, and I learned a lot from the rest. Uh, in 2007, I sold my last company, the biggest one I had. And then in 2008, um, I, I became a, uh, an investor with Tecos Angels. Uh, I'm still a member since then. It's about 12 years now. And uh, so I was kind of really completely a rookie, right? Didn't know anything. I was, I was just on one side of the world, didn't know how investors think, what angels do and and so um so it's been a huge learning uh experience to um to be on the investor side and i really enjoy it i enjoy helping entrepreneurs quite a bit as well um and last year um uh, i started pismo ventures and i i think just before you show you uh, the show you asked me why pismo why the name pismo and 
And my answer to you was, because uh, the premise is everybody wants to start a business, they want to sell it. And the ultimate goal is to go sit on a beach. And Pismo Beach is a really great beach. So absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it's a destination in California. So yeah, that's a, that's a, you know, everybody needs to keep their eye on that end goal, right? So Pismo that's Venture right. makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So uh, Pismo Venture is just to give you a little bit of background. Um, uh, it's, it started with the basic premise that we understand uh, what entrepreneurs or how entrepreneurs think. We understand how investors think. And then um, also there is another piece of the puzzle and, and that is software development or custom software. And that's what we added to Pismo Ventures. So we are a venture studio, which means um, uh, we provide to uh, the entrepreneurs or to the portfolio companies more than just funds or cash or capital. We provide a human capital as well. And we provide software development as well. And then nice. we're willing to take um, uh, equity in the form of a convertible note in lieu of some of the services or human capital and the software development. Uh, but also we're willing to invest cash. And um, also um, we uh, are building a fund in order to have the fund invest into portfolio companies as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I know you've been doing uh, this for about a year now, and uh, you're actually running a national competition. So I want to first start with that. And then we'll get into the fund part, because uh, I know that has, you know, obviously in the COVID world, that that's a little bit of a challenge. So let's start with the competition first, because I think that's really exciting. And for all the startups, I think that's probably what they're going to focus in on most. So uh, tell me about that. Well, okay. So like you said, the competition idea came about from the COVID world. We live in a virtual world right now. It's been really about five months, right? And, and it doesn't look like we're coming out of it soon. It may be another five, six months, maybe more. So the idea behind the competition came from everybody's not able to meet in a big room and meeting people and talking to the entrepreneurs and the, and the companies and understanding who they are, maybe introducing them to others that could help them. So we thought, why not create a national competition? We could have done something local, but uh, we started with the idea of let's create something maybe a little bit bigger than the, than the local one, but also let's create something that's a little bit unique. And I think, I think we ended up doing that. So, and the uniqueness is, I mean, most competition, as you know, what they do is they businesses compete and then they win a little bit of cash. Then they win a little bit of uh, in-kind prizes and then everybody goes home. So the idea behind uh, the uniqueness of what we did is to say, Hey, look, um, yes, you're going to, win a little bit of cash, a little bit of in-kind prizes, but what about giving the winners and potentially not only the winners, all the applicants that are there, uh, regardless if they win or didn't win, um, give them the opportunity to raise capital from multiple angel groups, VCs, and family offices across the country. So the initial thought was, okay, uh, maybe we'll get five to 15 angel groups and VCs and 
to be part of this. Basically, uh, the winners and potentially others, like I said, would be kind of fast tracked into um, pitching to these groups. Right. So now we have 42. So potentially, uh, depending on the criteria of each of the groups, um, they, you know, they're going basically to allow the competitors to go and pitch to them. And that's huge. Wow. Um, yeah. So now instead of just, okay, I pitch to, um, you know, the competition, now you're going to have a follow on that, um, you know, you can pitch to others. The other thing is we thought we will have maybe 50, 60 investors that would be uh, participating in the in the judging because we need someone to judge the competition. Right. We have 120 investors Ooh. that have wow. committed their time to, and across the board, we have 10 different categories. So mm-hmm. across the board, uh, some uh, so each category has a judging panel. So, uh, some panels have up to 50 investors on one panel. So the feedback that you could provide to the entrepreneur who's pitching to the judging panel is going to be huge. Just, I mean, even if they don't make it, right, they're going to get so much feedback. Um, The learning experience is going to be really great. Uh, One more thing that, two more things that we added. And so we have 20 webinars that will be part. So, and it's about every startup topic. So from how to build your startup board to how to pitch to investors to how to get investors to write you a check to, um, uh, you know, uh, also some of our sponsors, which uh, including IP firms and, and uh, transactional firms that will talk about, uh, you know, what it takes to really have the right convertible note and have the right, um, uh, you know, structure for your team. So, everything so all these webinars on their own uh would be by themselves a, a great experience and educational uh, uh you know opportunity for the entrepreneurs um and one last thing we we're adding we haven't launched so we will we will by the time this i guess uh, uh publishes it'll be launched but yep. uh, this will be launched next week we're creating a full virtual online um a, a uh, uh, environment so we will have a happy hour where every week we would have a virtual lounge where people go into the virtual lounge and then there are virtual tables. Each table have four, has four seats and then you can grab a seat on a table and then you'll be able to, uh, and others grab the same seat and then uh, each table has four seats and then those four people that sit on that table, they'll be able to have a, a, a video conference with all four of them together and they can mingle and now you you can leave that table and jump to another table because maybe they saw you sitting on the other table they want to talk to you right so it's the virtual environment just like you and i talked about having a big room this is going to be really big because it's all virtual right Uh, so so it's a kind of a lounge and and happy hour and then we're going to do the same thing before and after each webinar to give the entrepreneurs the ability to go and mingle, ask questions, and maybe the investors to also start learning about these different uh, companies. So a, a lot to, to unpack here, but it's a lot of things. And uh, the competition is only $250 to enter. Right. Um, so it's really not a lot of money. If you think of 
it's like 10 bucks a, a webinar, I guess, if you <laughs> think about it right, that way. Right. Uh, but the learning experience and the opportunity to really connect with investors and potentially present to multiple is really, uh, right. is really the key here. And I I think you really found a need a need with this initiative because obviously you know forty two angel groups gathering under one umbrella that that's you know incredible in itself and then so many judges so many startups joining uh, behind it uh, th- this is a fantastic initiative and I'm guessing all the details for people who are watching they're on PismoVentures.com right so I'll I'll add the well, link yeah to the- they can go to PismoVentures.com but we have a separate website. I mean, it links to that one. It's ventureplancompetition.com. Yep. So, okay. so ventureplancompetition.com or they can go to fismalventures.com and they can link to that. Yeah, so I, I'll have all the links on the in the description below. So if you're driving or something, don't worry. <laughs> just click yeah, don't. on the link. You don't <laughs> have to pull over to write the URL down. I'll just mention one quick thing. And so yep. we're asking the entrepreneurs to submit a three-page plan, a, a 60-second video pitch, and a deck so they can register um, and then they have so it's a two-step process they can register to make sure that they they uh, save a spot for them because we're running out of spots and then um, next is they can still uh, submit their application and all the materials in a second step uh, and so that way they don't have to feel pressured that they need to do all of them in, in one step Fantastic, fantastic. And if a startup signs up for this show, they automatically get the video clip for your uh, application. So it's two for one. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. That's great. Yes. <laughs> fantastic. Okay. So uh, th- this is such a great initiative. And, um, you know, I, I do want to um, get a better understanding of how you approach startups also um, and uh, how you sort of, you know, got into this, but um, you've been doing angel investing for now with Tech Coast Angel and on your own for, you know, over 10 years now, I think close to uh, 12 years now. So I want to sort of understand your mindset, how you look at different industries, how you look at startups. So tell me a little bit about your analytical process. So there, there, you know, from a, from an investment standpoint, if you're looking at it from an investment standpoint, mm-hmm. really there are you know, maybe five or six, six things that I kind of look at. Uh, as you know, there's probably dozens of, uh, you know, potential things that you have to look at. But uh, I would look at really maybe at five or six things that, that I look at all the time. One is, um, you know, the team. How, and again, I think that's the most important. And, and if entrepreneurs don't hear that, enough they should hear it again and again because they need to hear the fact that investors look at the team so if you have a passionate team you have a knowledgeable team and uh, then then that's the first thing that um, someone is going to invest in is they're going to invest in the team because if the team is right what's going to happen that team is going to be able to change and pivot if things go in a different direction uh, but if the team is not right, then that opportunity to invest is going to be potentially less than uh, having the right team. Second is um, there is also the timing. So, for example, if you're opening a restaurant today and you're trying to raise capital, not a good time, right? right. So, so timing is really important. 
Third, um, there is the term of what we're of of the of the opportunity. Are they raising money on a fifty million dollars pre money valuation, or is it on three million dollars pre money valuation? Right. So that becomes really big. Is the term. The other thing is uh, for me is also the the back. Even if the team is great and the passion is there and they understand. They, they understand how to build businesses, let's say. But do they have experience in that specific sector, mm. whatever they're doing? So, yes, they may learn it, right? And if they're a good team, they may learn it. But then that's going to take a longer time to get to where you want. If right. you've been in the hospitality industry, you're going to know how to navigate that. You're going to understand what it takes to build a sales team, et cetera. But if you've never done that before and you sold consumer products, then it's going to take you a long time to understand that. Or maybe if you're doing hospitals or healthcare or biotech, or uh, it's going to take a long time to understand what it takes. Right. Um, and, and there's a lot more. But the last thing that I would say that I look at is, is also, uh, it could be, it's go to market. Market strategy slash uh, distribution strategy. So what does that mean? It's like, how are you going to sell that product or service when you to go to the market? So are you going to knock on every door and say, would you buy my product? Or are you going to have some kind of a distribution channel that minimizes your customer acquisition cost, and then you can sell to as many people as possible uh, with the, with without having uh, a lot of direct sales, um, so that's a that's a big deal for me because it it and it ends up um, uh, really uh, minimizing customer acquisition costs and uh, understanding that this company is going to be scalable. So at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want to invest into something that becomes really scalable quickly, mm -hmm. and then have an exit. Uh, in say five years, average is seven years. We say five, we say three. Never happens. I think <laughs> seven to eleven is is the average. Right. But those are the six points that uh, I usually kind of look at. That's fantastic, and uh, yeah, uh, such great points that you know I want to sort of dig into a little bit more because that go to market strategy. I think specifically that you talked about. So many people just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to advertise on Facebook and I'm going to get $20 million worth of sales, right? Yeah. It, 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 it's, and you and I being in this industry, we know that that might have been true five years ago, but it isn't true anymore. Uh, yep. So tell me a little bit more about how you sort of dig into that uh, go-to-market strategy and how you sort of look at uh, different vectors that the entrepreneur might be considering. Yeah, so... I mean, I, I could uh, maybe we can take an example. So if yeah. you are, if you are in the hospitality industry and you're, let's say, you're selling to restaurants, and um, so uh, really there are, if you go advertise on Facebook for restaurants, <laughs> you're gonna spend a lot of money, and you're not gonna get, you might get one or right. two, because it's not the right environment. Um, if you, the there are a couple of other alternatives, right? There, there may be others, but one could be you hire a huge sales team, maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 people, whatever it is, depending how big you are 
or if, how how early of a startup, but it could be maybe you as a as a sole founder or maybe a couple others. You're gonna go knock on doors. You're gonna go into each restaurant and say, "I have this really cool technology. It's gonna save you time and money and all that. Would you buy it?" And knowing, for example, restaurant owners, it's gonna take. For, no one's gonna say, "Oh yeah, let me sign up right now." Yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna say that. So it's going to take a long time for someone to actually sign up. Potentially, multiple times that you need to touch them, maybe five, 10, 15 times before you, you sell. And that could be basically a long sales cycle. Uh, on average, selling to a restaurant, um, you know, again, I'm not, this is not a statistics that I got from anywhere, it's from, from experience, right. is, you know, six months on average in order to sell, especially if you're knocking on doors uh, on your own or your, your team, your direct sales. The other option as to, and to explain what we just talked about and what you asked me is uh, a distribution channel strategy. How do you go to market? So would be who touches restaurants on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. Who touches them is maybe the point of sale um, resellers. They sell point of sales to restaurants all the time. Um, and so, and they actually, what they do, for example, is they, they find out uh, if they're way ahead of time, maybe three, four, five months before the restaurant opens, they find out because they need a liquor license, they need right. um, a, uh, to build uh, the environment or to revamp it, um, the, their, their venue, they, they need to get licenses. So what these point of sales and potentially others similar to them, they know three, four months ahead of time that there is a restaurant opening. Mm -hmm. And also they, they know about restaurants that are potentially trying to change. Uh, so they're in touch with them on a regular basis. They're selling them stuff. They can, if, if, if um, whatever the rest of the company is starting fits into that environment, then these point of sale companies or resellers now become their resellers as well. Right. And now you can have literally thousands of resellers across the United States <clears throat> selling your product as a company. Of course, there's got to be a business model where they're making money out of that too. So they're not right. going to do it just to do it. So, yeah, so, so that's so, a, I hope, yeah. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, you did. I, I, I think it, this is such an interesting, uh, you know, uh, topic that we could probably talk about it for another two hours. But, yeah. uh, you know, you're, you're absolutely right in that those partnerships, you know, I think that's what you're referring to. Yeah, the partnerships. You're, you're partnering with other people who are going after the same audience. Yes. And now you could sort of uh, build a bigger influence very quickly uh, because hopefully those partners already have an end. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you another example. For example, like, have you heard of uh, you've heard of Calm, the the uh, the app where it you know takes takes thirty seconds yep. to you know do nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so how do they reach? Right now they're doing advertising, but how did they reach people before? They go potentially into doctors' offices. Yep. And they're saying, "Hey, doctor." For every sign up, someone signs up, you get 25 bucks or whatever, something. Right. But that's how they introduce people to, to this. And it, it could be for, you know, this could be therapeutic, right? That, you know, take it to breathe for 30 seconds and do nothing. And maybe right. it's for someone who's stressed out to relieve stress, etc. So I gave you in a hospitality example. This is a healthcare example, if you want. But, but it's that partnership. 
that you build across multiple partners. And then as, an, as you're building the business, you start understanding and finding out which partner is the right partner and mm -hmm. what business model is the right business model, how much you give them uh, you know, from the revenue, et cetera. Right, right, right. And this is also so interesting when you are looking at different sort of B2B model versus a B2C model, because, you know, you suggested both, right? With the going to the restaurant, it's essentially a B2B sale, but yep. you can partner with a point of sale uh, uh, company versus a B2C where com is going directly to the consumer. But now you're partnering with a doctor's office or, you know, the psychologist or anyone like that who can right. sort of get you into that customer also. Um, yep. Let's. Uh, I want to get your uh, take on sort of the sales cycle for each of these different models, the B2B versus the B2C, uh, because they can potentially be very different and can have a huge impact on the startup, right? Yeah. So tell me about so, your experience. Um, with that. it, yeah. That's that's really a big question because, yeah, that's a big question because um, it, it is so sector dependent also. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you're selling to the military or the government, you're talking years, right? Um, uh, if you're selling to the educational, uh, education industry, uh, maybe schools, that could be months, potentially years, uh, to close, uh, something. If you're selling to the consumer, um, let's say it's an app and you're selling the app to the consumer and it is $2 or $3 someone may try it uh, and it it could be very quick you know sales cycle uh, right. so it is very sector dependent it's um it is very dependent on what you're trying to sell as well um but what i was going to say if it's a software company for example or a technology company where you're able to actually uh, uh, provide a service or an app at, you know where the cost is very limited or maybe a software as a service, right? Um, I would say one of my strategies has always been give it away yep. for as many people as you want. First, when you give it away, people are tolerant if there are errors or mistakes or things. They're gonna they're gonna come back to you and say, "Hey, look, there's a this is an error." Or if it's very erroneous, then they're gonna dump it, and then you're gonna know. So, right. um, so. The sales cycle is dependent, but if you have the ability to get as many people on board that could actually help you test something, and then uh, really the outcome out of that would be, uh, you could say, okay, I'm going to take it away. You give them a product or you give them a service and they tried it and you say, I'm going to take it away. If they give it back to you, hey, take it, no problem. Right. Then it's not valuable, you know. Right. If they say, no, 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 I'll pay 10 bucks more or whatever, <laughs> right? then you know <laughs> you have something here. So, so right. I think giving away something and try to take it back is another strategy as well. But that, that helps you um, again. And, th and then you can play with the pricing as well. Because if you do an app and then the app, you say it's $500, well, no one's going to get it. And then you know it's too expensive. You make it for a dollar and then everybody in the world gets it. And now you have other issues to deal with. <laughs> then then maybe it's too cheap. So that helps you a little bit kind of work with, uh, you know, understand the price too. Right, right, right. 
That that's such an interesting sales technique that you just said, right? <laughs> a lot of uh, in olden days, <clears throat> a lot of car companies, uh, car salesmen uh, used to do that, right? They used to hand you the car keys and then start negotiating. <laughs> and if you don't negotiate, give me the car keys back. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that's such true. an interesting technique. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so uh, now that we sort of understand your mentality a little bit, tell me about this fund that you were working on. And um, uh, obviously, you took a little pause because of COVID, but I'm guessing you'll get back to it as soon as uh, you know you you have some time to breathe because of this competition. <laughs> so tell me about the, about what you or you were trying to do with that uh, fund. So the fund, uh, the plan is to really have a seed uh, type fund. Uh, uh, $10 million fund so that we invest, you know, anywhere between maybe $200,000 and $500,000 into a company, maybe is some follow-on as well. So um, again, the importance of having a fund is uh, part of our strategy at, at, at Pismo is to work with companies and not only provide them with just capital uh, from us, uh, but also with all the human capital and services that really are more important for companies. And after we usually have worked with a company for a few months, we directly also invest in these companies because if we have skin in the game and we've worked with them for that much and we understand the team, the dynamic, they've made some strides, uh, we wanna make sure they succeed. So we, we help them raise capital through our network because uh, we want them to succeed and, and really uh, potentially uh, the skin in the game that we have would return something. But also we thought that having a fund would really add uh, to that as well, because now we're not only just helping them get from point A to point B, but also we're helping them to really grow and provide them with that capital that helped them really scale fast. And that's the whole point behind uh, the fund. Fantastic. So I, I think for uh, angels and investors who are looking to put money at work, I think they feel much more comfortable with that type of a structure versus just a fund that just writes checks because now you're actually coaching these, essentially coaching, right? The, these right. entrepreneurs through the process, yeah. giving them the tools that they need, uh, giving them you know that human capital that they might need and now you're supporting them and investing in them. So I, yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, the other thing, like I said, that quickly is, is, the, uh, is the software piece because we right. have a, a developed software and, and most entrepreneurs end up jumping four or five different software development companies before they land on one that really helps them. Mm. And we thought that if we could really help them from the beginning, we could potentially save the startup uh, not only time and loss but potentially tens of thousands of the day end up right. spending and losing uh, over not having the right uh, partner right 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 that's fantastic uh, and i think that's a great uh, sort of initiative uh, now are you starting that before the competition or after uh, just to understand the timing no so this is ongoing so that has been okay. ongoing yeah so we have it yeah and the, the uh, the competition is a completely separate initiative, but yeah, we've got it. Long. 
Okay, so yeah. if there are any angel investors who are interested, they they should contact you right away. <laughs> they should, yes. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So um, now that we're talking about COVID and about all of the things that are happening, tell me, like, how has COVID affected, you know, the companies, the portfolio companies that you know, that you have already? How is it changing how they operate? Uh, ha- has it had an impact? Uh, I think every which way possible. Um, I think if um, people did, I mean, if someone didn't feel it, it's either they're doing everything right <laughs> or they're not doing anything at all. Right. Um, but yeah, so um, we have uh, we have a couple of portfolio companies that have been really affected by this. Uh, one is in the software uh, specifically for the sports industry. Mm. And as you could tell, there is no sport. Um, right. You know, from from tennis to basketball to football to uh, martial arts, uh, you know, it's uh, so they've been affected by this uh, quite a bit. Um, and and uh, but as soon as things come back, um, so we have a strategy now that we put together where they're actually going to sign up as many uh, you know academies and sports uh, as many as possible, so that when things come back, they'll be ready to go and they're going to give it away. Mm. So because okay. now everybody will be ready uh, and then they'll be able to really get started as things get started again. Right. So it's a, it's, it's a great strategy to do this. Uh, another, another one is, um, is they're, they're into um, uh, venues uh, and uh, different venues for events and malls, et cetera. And that's been really affected quite a bit because no one's gathering and malls are empty and uh, or you know semi-empty maybe. Right. Um, and so they actually switched gears. They pivoted to go after the construction industry. Um, so and that has been proven to to work so far. So uh, so really a lot of things are changing. I mean I could tell you stories other than our portfolio companies. Um, there is a there is some there's a, a company that I heard of from one of my colleagues is that they switched from the travel industry into uh, software management and, mm. and and it's a completely different industry. Yeah. Um, so a, a lot of people are are being very very creative uh, when it comes to what they're doing today because uh, the uh, you know the, the revenues are down quite a bit and if you are a startup. And you don't have revenue, you're, there's more devastation there too. Right, right, right. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, right now I've seen, you know, maybe about a third of companies just completely get devastated because of COVID. Another third of the company are, you know, just going through the roof, you know, because they are, they will just happen to be in the right space. At the in right the medical time. <laughs> or, Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, and then the third of the company are trying to figure out, you know, what's next and are pivoting, which is, I think, a really important lesson for an entrepreneur to learn also. It's adapting to the, you know, changing market conditions, right? Yeah, I, the, the, the ones that pivoted and pivoted away, for example, that tells you, uh, you invested in the right team. Yeah. Right? Because they figured it out. They knew what it takes in order to pivot, and, uh, especially if you're going after a completely different industry. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that's a, that's a big part of it for sure. 
That's great. So tell me about, uh, you know, you've been doing this for much longer than I have. So I want to sort of learn some lessons from you also. <laughs> tell me about other, th- other lessons like this, you know, that you've learned over the last 10 years. Pivoting um, uh, obviously is the number one uh, thing in our current situation, but I'm sure you, you're a wealth of knowledge. So. Yeah. I mean, there, there are, um, you know, I could tell you there, there, I think back to um, back to having the right team. So one is um, having the right team. They'll be able to continuously adjust and uh, pivot in order to be able to make things right. The other thing that I think really important um, is really um, communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the teams that uh, communicate better. Uh, really could be sometimes the difference between winning and losing because the investors, especially when you're dealing with angels, uh, when you're dealing with angel investors, it's mostly smart money because you're, the investors may have access to the industry, to industry leaders, uh, to movers and shakers that could really help the entrepreneur uh, with their needs, maybe open doors as well. So, um, one of the lessons that I've learned from multiple uh, companies is that they don't communicate back with the investors or with the board. And then what happens is um, the, the, uh, if they had communicated back, we would have been able to help them say, right. you know what, we know the uh, you know, association president of this organization right. and connect us to all these people. And maybe we could do this. So, um, or maybe maybe uh, maybe uh, when if they pivot is communicating back and say, "Hey, look, I need to connect with the CEO of this company. Can does anyone know?" Right. And like you know, we're potentially one or two levels away from connecting with someone. Right. So so one of the biggest lessons again I've learned is is really having uh, communication with the uh, with with the companies. Uh, at Techos Angels and most investors, we ask them to give us on a regular basis, a, maybe a quarterly report. Um, but it's not about the report. I think the report is good, but sometimes we hear it's complete silence. But, you know, pick up the phone and say, I need help. Right. That's a, that's a really, really big deal. Right. Um, yeah, I think report is like the bare minimum, right? And yeah. you want you want a lot more than that. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're all at in seven degrees, right? So uh, to the extent we can help the entrepreneur support someone, we're happy to get our network involved in the process. Of course, we have to do that. I mean, there is a lot of skin in the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's a fantastic lesson. Um, so uh, I know we could, I could probably keep asking you a hundred questions, but I always like to end with, you know, the action step and, uh, you know, what, the, uh, you know, we want to serve the entrepreneurs and the startup owners. So what is one thing that they can do, uh, today to get an investment from you? What's, what's the one thing that you always, you know, want and is always missing? Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think the biggest thing is building trust. Um, so, so uh, this, this really happened last week. This is not a joke. Someone made me, made an introduction to me and, and uh, the, the entrepreneur 
the first, it's only one sentence. Uh, uh, and he, he responds after the, it doesn't say nice to meet you, thank you, whatever, right? So uh, are you investing? Don't waste my time if you're not. Wow. No, that was really, I mean, seriously. And so I said, I replied back. I, I wasn't going to reply, but I did reply back saying, I sh I'm not going to answer your question. Um, you don't know me. I don't know you. The biggest thing when it comes to investing is really trust. So uh, most of the time, and, and really it's hard with this COVID world right now, but uh, it's when you meet these entrepreneurs all the time. And, and you work with them and you understand their work ethics. You understand how, how they think. Um, and now you start building that trust and you say, you know, I'm willing to invest in, in this team or in this startup or in this entrepreneur. So I would say in order to get not only angels, but any investor to invest or write that check, trust comes first. Uh, of course, you got to have the right team with you, uh, you got to have the right idea. You can't just come up with another, you know, commodity and say, I'm going to make a billion dollars because you're not, but right. build that trust so you can get that check potentially to be written. That's such a great point. Such a great point. And, <laughs> and you're absolutely right. That trust, you know, when we used to meet people in person, look them in the eye, that was a little bit easier to develop. Um, now, you know, it's potentially several calls, several of these Zoom meetings. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's not just one email and I'm going to write you a check. It, it's a relationship that you have to uh, develop yeah, over time. Building that relationship. And yeah, it's uh, absolutely, that's, that is really, really crucial. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, JJ, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciated the, uh, the time that you took to uh, sort of give us the advice and your mindset. And hopefully uh, more uh, startups will sign up for the national competition. And, uh, it, you know, again, all the links are in the description below. So make sure if you're a startup, make sure you sign up for that. Um, and JJ, uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you. You made it so easy. I thought you were going to ask me some tough questions. but <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just a simple conversation. Nothing. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> no, this was perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. Wow. That was such a fantastic conversation with JJ. Um, again, as I said during the interview, all of the links for uh, JJ's uh, uh, competition and Pismo Ventures are in the description below. So just click on those to get to JJ. If you have any specific questions for me or for JJ, leave them in the comments below. Or you can always go to startupsteroid.com and uh, click on contact us button and leave the questions there. If you are an investor and if you're looking to join our network, go to startupsteroid.com slash investor and you can connect with our network there. And if you're looking for funding, if you are a startup owner and are looking for funding for your company, uh, go to startupsteroid.com slash founder. Uh, that's startupsteroid.com slash founder and uh, we can connect you in our network as well. So thank you so much for sticking around today, sticking around all the way to the end. And I look forward to bringing more of these kinds of conversations to you every single day, starting next week, uh, next Tuesday, because next Monday is Labor Day, but next Tuesday, and then every day thereafter. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Bye.